Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 4, The Passage Around Greenland to England. How did New York's famous river called the Hudson get its name? And how did Canada's vast Hudson Bay get its name? Listen to all the details about Henry Hudson's four historic journeys here. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. This is history to take your time over if you've enjoyed all those brief histories and want more detail. We take historic source documents and split them into digestible chunks of around 10 minutes. And at the moment we're covering Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. And this is the final part of the first journey. On this particular journey, Hudson was hoping to find a route to the Far East via the North Pole. But all he found really so far is ice. And in this episode, waylaid by ice, he decides to return home, taking solace in the fact that he's proved that there is no route to the Far East via the North Pole, and also convinced that the lands he has found are full of potential. Now as I said, this is the first of four journeys Hudson takes in this document, but on Long History we've covered plenty of other pioneering voyages, and we've got 30-part series such as Columbus's first voyage across the Atlantic and Magellan's voyage around the world, but we've also got shorter series, there's one called The Journey to Colonise the Philippines, and there's another called After Magellan, which is about an expedition to cross the Pacific, and those documents have 8 and 10 episodes respectively. Regarding our current series about Henry Hudson, however, there are 25 parts in total, although it's split up into the four voyages, so please don't forget to subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining episodes in this series. And if you want to start at the beginning of this particular journey, I'm sure it's just a few scrolls, taps and clicks away. So let's get going with the final part of the first journey. This is Henry Hudson's Journey 1, Part 4, The Passage Around Greenland to England. The 1 and 20th, all the forenoon calm. At 4 in the afternoon we had a small gale of wind at south-southeast with fog. We steered away east to stand in with the land and sailed three leagues until midnight. Then the wind came at northeast. We cast about and steered south ten leagues till eight the next morning. The 2 and 20th at 8 in the morning, much wind at east and variable. With short sail we steered 3 leagues south and by east. Then came down very much wind, we struck a hull. All this afternoon and night proved very much wind with rain. The 3 and 20th all the forenoon was very much wind at south, with rain and fog. At 4 this afternoon we saw land bearing northeast of us, 6 leagues from us. Then we had the wind at south-southwest. We steered away southeast and southeast and by east, four leagues, the sea being very much grown. We accounted we had hulled northwest and by north twenty-two leagues, and north three leagues. Then, fearing with much wind to be set on a lee shore, we tacked about and made our way good west and by north, half a point northerly, all this night with much wind. The 4 and 20th in the morning, much wind as a 4, and the sea grown. This morning we struck our main topmast to ease our ship, and sailed from the last evening, 8, to this noon, 15 leagues west and by north, half a point northerly. From 12 to 8, 6 leagues as a 4, with the wind at south and by west. At 8, we tacked about with the wind at south-southwest, and lay south-east and by east, with much wind and the sea grown. The 5 and 20th was a clear morning. We set our main topmast. We saw land bearing north of us and under our lee, we sailing southeast and by east. Then the wind scanted. 
we cast about and lay southwest and by west two leagues till noon. Then it began to overcast and the wind to scant again. We cast about and lay southeast and by south, the wind at southwest and by west, and sailed in that course three leagues till four in the afternoon. Then the wind scanted again, and we sailed three leagues south. Now, seeing how contrary the wind proved to do the good which we desired this way, I thought to prove our fortunes by the west once again. And this evening at eight, we, being in the latitude of seventy-eight, with the better, and from land fifteen leagues, which leagues part whereof bear from the northeast to the east off us, we steered away west, with the wind at southeast and clear weather. The sixth and twentieth, all this day proved rain with thick fog and an hard gale of wind at east and by north and east-northeast. From the last evening at eight to this noon, we ran twenty-five leagues. From noon till midnight, nineteen leagues, the wind at east and by south. From midnight till two the next morning, two leagues west. The seven and twentieth, extreme thick fog and little wind at east and by south. Then it proved calm and the sea very lofty. We heard a great rut or noise with the ice and sea, which was the first ice we heard or saw since we were at Collins Cape, the sea heaving us westward toward the ice. We heaved out our boat and rowed to tow out our ship farther from the danger, which would have been to small purpose by means the sea went so high. But in this extremity it pleased God to give us a small gale at northwest and by west. We steered away southeast four leagues till noon. Here we had finished our discovery. If the wind had continued, that brought us hither, or if it had continued calm. But it pleased God to make this northwest and by west wind the mean of our deliverance, which wind we had not found common in this voyage. God give us thankful hearts for so great deliverance. Here we found the want of a good ship boat, as once we had done at Wales Bay. We wanted also half a dozen long oars to row in our ship. At noon the day cleared up, and we saw by the sky ice bearing off us from west-south-west to the north and north-north-east. Then we had a good gale at west. We steered away south till four, seven leagues. From four to six, south four leagues, and found by the icy sky and our nearness to Groenland that there is no passage that way. Which, if there had been... I meant to have made my return by the north of Groenland to Davis, his straits, and so for England. Here, finding we had the benefit of a westerly wind, which all this voyage we had found scant, we altered our course and steered to the eastward and ran southeast four leagues. From eight this evening till noon the next day, east-southeast, thirty leagues. All this day and night proved very cold, by means, as I suppose, of the winds coming off so much ice. The eight and twentieth very cold, the wind at west not very foggy. At noon this day we steered away southeast and by east, and by observation we were seventy-six degrees thirty-six minutes. From noon to eight, ten leagues. Then the wind scanted to southeast and by south, we steered away east and by north eighteen leagues, till the next day noon. The nine and twentieth, all the forenoon a thick fog and wet, the wind at southeast and by east, nearest hand, and raw cold. From noon to four, we sailed three leagues east and by north, half a point northerly. 
Then the wind veered more large. We steered east and by south eight leagues till twelve at night. At this time to windward we heard the rut of land, which I knew to be so by the colour of the sea. It was extreme thick fog, so that we could hardly see a cable's length from our ship. We had ground twenty-five fathoms, small black pebble stones. We sounded again and had ground at thirty fathoms, small stones like beans. At the next cast, no ground at sixty fathoms. I cast about again and steered southwest six leagues, west and by north two leagues, till the next day, noon. All this day and night, extreme thick fog. The thirtieth or the forenoon, very thick fog. At noon, almost calm. After, we had little wind and steered north-northwest till two. Then it cleared up, so that we could see from us two leagues with the wind at northwest. Then we steered east-southeast. After, it cleared. At south in the evening, we saw an island bearing off us northwest from us five leagues, and we saw land bearing off from us seven leagues. We had land likewise bearing off us from east-southeast to southeast and by east as we judged. Ten leagues. Then, having the wind at west-northwest, we steered south and by east. It presently proved calm till ten this evening. Then we had a little gale at southwest and by west. We steered away south-southeast till twelve this night and accounted ourselves in seventy-six from land ten leagues. Which was the likeliest land that we had seen on all parts of Newland, being plain riggy land of a mean height and not ragged as all the rest was that we had seen this voyage, nor covered with snow. At twelve this night we saw two morses in the sea near us swimming to land, from twelve at night to four, calm. The one and thirtieth at four this morning we had the wind at south-east. We steered south-south-west, then it proved calm and so continued all the forenoon. The afternoon we had the wind at east-south-east, we steered south, eight leagues, then being like to prove much wind contrary to our purpose, and finding our fog more thick and troublesome than before, diverse things necessary wanting, and our time well nigh spent to do further good this year, I commanded us to bear up for our return to England, and steered away south-south-west. And this night proved a hard gale of wind at south-east and by east, we were thwart of Cherry's Island the next morning at four of the clock, being to windward off us five leagues. Knowing we were near it, we looked out carefully for the same, and it proving clear we saw it, being a very ragged land on the waterside, rising like haycocks. The first of August a very hard gale of wind at east-south-east. We shortened sail and steered away south-south-west. This night was very foggy, with a hard gale of wind at east and by south. We steered, by our account, twenty-seven leagues, and from eight this evening till the next morning four, ten leagues as a four. All this night was very foggy, wet and raw cold. The second in the morning, calm with a thick fog, cold and slabby weather. About noon we had a little gale west and by north. We steered away as a four. The third in the morning, calm and clear weather, with a little gale east and by south. We sailed south-southwest. Then we had the wind at south-east. We sailed as a four. All this day and night proved close weather, a little fog at noon, which continued not long. 
At twelve this night the wind veered to the east and by north. We held our course south-southwest as a four. The 15th of August we put into the Isles of Far, standing in 52 degrees, and the 15th of September I arrived in Tilbury Hope in the Thames. So there's lots of fog and ice, but other than that, not much happens in this episode. A few places mentioned here are Newland and Far Islands. Those are today's Spitsbergen, owned by Norway, and the Faroe Islands, which are between the British Islands and Iceland. There's also another mention of Morses here, which will become more common in the next journey, and Morse is an old word for walrus. So Hudson truncates his own voyage, summing up a whole month in the final sentence, and although this first voyage as a whole has been pretty fruitless really, there have been some discoveries, some changes to maps, Hudson has got proof that there is no passage to the Far East via the North Pole, which of course isn't the conclusion he wanted, but at least it's some kind of conclusion, and he seems to have been reasonably impressed by the islands of Svalbard or Spitsbergen as they're called nowadays, and seems to think that they have potential. So Hudson has returned to England, having not discovered this route that he's searching for, but with an appetite to continue searching. In his second journey, beginning in the next episode, Hudson, instead of heading straight north, will now head to the northeast, around lands to the north of Russia, in the hope to find a route to the Far East in that direction. Will he find this route he so desires? Will his next voyage be the one that makes him rich and famous? So if you've liked this episode, please do like it before you move on. I know it's not been one of the more eventful episodes, but somehow I like listening to this terminology and working out what he's trying to say here. And certainly the events ramp up as we continue in this document. So don't forget to subscribe before you move on. Thank you for listening everyone. This was Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 4. The passage around Greenland to England. Goodbye.